Pilot Boys in the building. Welcome to the Pilot Boys podcast, where you'll get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. I am Mecca Don here with my co-host V. Mama mentality for life. Today is February 13th, 2020. Thank you guys for tuning in. I know you could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. On today's show, we will talk to concierge specialist Rachel McIntyre about some of her coolest celebrity events and what brands are into. And we'll also do some news and notes of popular sports, music, and pop culture stories from around the country. Shout out to our Patreon subscribers. Remember that our $5 and up Patreon subscribers will get our episodes on Wednesdays a night early. These donations help keep our show going. If you want to help keep us on air, you can donate at www.patreon.com forward slash pilot boys podcast. Thanks to everyone who's donated so far. Let's go. Where the pilot boys at? Our next guest is the CEO of a concierge brand that provides special access to worldwide events in fashion, entertainment, music, and sports. Please welcome Rachel McIntyre to the Pilot Boys podcast. What's up, Rachel? Hey, hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good to Rachel, see you. What's up? What's up? Yeah. Good, good to be back in my bread and butter of Columbus, Ohio. That's right. I see you with the Bowling Green sweatshirt on. Right. That's your alma mater, right? Representing. Representing. Got to. I love it. I love it. And it's crazy because obviously we're, you know, both from Columbus, Ohio. V's obviously from Ohio. But we actually met in New York City randomly. Ran- and, so random. Yeah, many years ago and I've stayed in contact. And it's great because when I first met you, it was just just cool. We didn't really know much about each other. But as we started to talk, I started to realize how interesting your story is. I mean, you've had experiences all over the world. You, you've done a private Bon Jovi concert. Um, you've done things in Kensington Palace and New York, Milan, Paris. I mean, you've been all over. You've actually been able to explore the entertainment industry from a side that a lot of people don't see. And so I kind of wanted to just at least start with this is kind of how did you get into the business that you're in? Uh, and maybe you could just start a little bit telling us, telling us about that. Yeah. And when I get this question, I always kind of have to think of when I got into the business and started it eight and a half years ago and where it is today and how it's perceived today. Right. Because the word experiences is so broad, overused yeah. and broad, but it just feels so saturated. Mm. Um, so what still sets us apart is the specific brand of Black Door, mm-hmm. um, which is what I wanted from the beginning yeah. um, was to make sure that we stood by that. So getting into it, um, well, I was when I moved to New York, um, I don't know, 13 years or so ago, I was um, personal assistant for... Stanley Tucci. You guys might know him from mm-hmm. Double Wears Prada, yeah. Hunger Games. Right. Um, you know, big old Italian, but little. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so I was I, you know, was was working with him and doing wearing a lot of different hats and and kind of Was that stressful? Assisting well it was I <sighs> Yes. Yeah. But to a to a, in a very peculiar way, mm-hmm. because when I was with him, his his wife was ailing of breast cancer. Mm. So it was 
a different kind of stress of the types of things I was charged with, mm-hmm. with you know, with the kids and kind of managing the house, right. um, making sure, you know, the food was stocked, everything you, you kind of do as an assistant and then some. Right. Um, and, and unfortunately when someone's sick, you know, like anyone would, you have family and friends come over and, you know, bring you food and hang out with you and give you love and whatnot. And his friends just happened to be, you know, Liam Neeson and Meryl (laughs) Streep and (laughs) Steve Buscemi and whatever, whoever else. Yeah. Um, but even though. It was, you know, they're amazing from an artistic standpoint. It was that all that's all irrelevant when you're all have something in common of, of losing a loved one. Sure, yeah. Um, so it was kind of a different experience and something that will never, you know, you can never you always kind of have that with your with your group and family. Right. Right. Yeah. And it, it seems like that situation specifically being of a personal nature, it allowed you to develop and see these relationships in a different man- light than if you were just an assistant working at his office, helping him with his career, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was it had such a different meaning, mm-hmm. and all of the you know sexy of Hollywood was irrelevant at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so building those relationships in a very peculiar manner, but a very intimate manner. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and then, unfortunately, she ended up she ended up passing. Um, and and I think, you know, we we parted ways not soon after, because I think I represented that specific time in his life mm. of his his ailing wife and, you know, that stressful time for him. Sure, yeah. And so I think when he was trying to, you know, kind of put that put that to bed and move on and, and grieve, um, you know, I kind of came along with that. Yeah. Um, so I, I moved on to work for, um, and we left on great terms. I mean, he's great. Yeah, um, it was an amazing experience. But I went to to on to work for a woman named Rita Hazan, who was known and still is as a celebrity hair colorist. That's okay. all she does is color hair. Wow. wow. And she, how big of an industry is that? Just give us an idea. What what type of money? Is, we're talking. Is she oh, she's. Hundreds of millions, probably now. Wow. Maybe not hundreds of millions, but multi, multi Tens millions. Of millions yeah. at least. Tens yeah. of millions, because yeah. she ended up coming out with a product line that's at Sephora okay. now, and okay. even Marcus, and it's all over. Right. Um. So, but she was really the brainchild of you know, first and foremost, uh, Mariah Carey mm. is how she kind of got her her come up, and then most known for uh, Jessica Simpson you know, bombshell blonde color, mm. that perfect blonde. Um, and she did everyone else, not only of celebrities, but behind the scenes too. So editors, wow. executives and things like that. Um, and that was a different experience because she wasn't the most pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> right. I can only imagine people in that industry tend to be pretty right. Uh, I'm like OCD it, and me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're, mixing bleach but okay (laughs) but okay yeah right 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 um no but she she's an artist and you know great at great at great at her art there and i'm sure you met a lot of people through that those experiences as well so many yeah yeah. and a lot of that became more of the the business side Mm -hmm. 
um, so more of working with a lot of people as myself, assistants, mm. and building these relationships with assistants who are assisting, you know, J Lo and Emma Stone and right. all kinds of people. And so you're building these relationships because you understand them, right? And what their needs are. And at this point in time in in, in your career, were you starting to already think like, look, I want my own thing? And you're just kind of waiting it out and building yourself towards that? Or were you not sure what you wanted to do still at this point? A hundred percent. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. My mother's an entrepreneur. My father's an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. My uncles, um, aunts. So it's it's it was in it's my in blood. blood. Yeah. yeah. It was in my blood. And I always knew I wanted to start my own company. Right. I just didn't know what that was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, after Rita, I ended up taking the leap. And I was like, you know what? I have amazing access my network is incredible. Yeah, and I wanted to touch on what, circle back to something you said where you said you were meeting a lot of assistants, right? right? I think in this industry, when people are networking, they're always thinking, I need to meet such and such. And usually that's the celebrity, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're in that industry, you realize it's more important to build relationships with the people around them versus the actual celebrity because that's who is doing a lot of the planning and work, right? Exactly. A hundred percent. And someone that understands what you're going through Mm -hmm. because you're in the same job, you're in the same position. So you kind of have like an underlying already a love and understanding for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just want to help them to be successful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're also they're the only ones you can kind of talk to because you're under NDAs and. You know, it's 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 everything's hush hush and personal, and yeah. you don't want to be sued ever. And right. Plus, that's just not my mo. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't, you know, go talking about that at, at the at the bar later on, really, with your friends and whatnot. Right. So going from there, and I was like, I have the access. Clients have the means, meaning money, mm-hmm. and I married the two together and took it to just a super super high end exclusive level. Yeah. Um really kind of after my own heart yeah. <laughs> of high expectations. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> so so it was authentic to you, basically, is what you're saying. It was 100% authentic. Mm-hmm. And then seeing the need of that. So all the celebrity, all the sexy of it, of these amazing things that we do, which is kind of what sells, yeah. but the reality of the actual business and the behind the scenes is extraordinary when you really think about relationships right and when you think about what that means to you Mm -hmm. and having you can take anything in the world away anything money job diamonds even your life but you will always have your experiences right and so to be able to give that to people in different ways so let's jump into that a little bit too because i don't want to limit what you do to kind of a concierge service. And maybe there is no word that actually adequately defines all the things that you do, but take us into that. What exactly is it that you do when you talk about these experiences? Give us some examples of like experiences that you help create. Yeah. So I guess, I guess if you had to put a word onto it it, or words, it would be, we're experienced curators. Okay. I'm an experienced curator. Mm-hmm. That's is that sounds, sexy? That's, that sounds expensive. <laughs> right. 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 Um, so we do all kinds of things. We we curate experiences across 
um, entertainment, fashion, sports, and music, mm-hmm. primarily for celebrity and high net worth individuals. Yeah. What we focus on is the personalization and customization of those experiences. Mm-hmm. So, so if someone only likes red M and M's, for example. Literally, <laughs> literally, you know. You're right, right. So we those are literally the the small touches of those things. Yeah. So for example, we use New York Fashion Week, mm-hmm. um, which you can attest to a little bit because yeah. you were my guest one time, yes. you and your wife. That was awesome. And Thank you for that. Of course, that was fun. Yeah. Um. So there's hundreds of people going to Fashion Week, mm-hmm. but. And I might have 50 clients going to Fashion Week, quote unquote, but each one is having a different experience. Mm. Some want to sit front row and do backstage and meet and greet with a designer. Some don't even want to go to the show. They just want to go to the after parties. Mm. Some want to shut down the store and do a shopping experience. So everyone is categorized in different ways mm-hmm. as, as far as their experience. It's not like, okay, everyone's getting on the bus at noon. Right. We're all going to this show and then, and then this will be the next step. Right. It's everything is so individualized Yeah. and in what we do and focus on. And that's, and so that must take a lot of, I would say planning and communication, obviously with, with the particular client and their team and just understanding because, like you said, if you have 50 different clients, for example, at Fashion Week, and they're having 50 different experiences, I mean, that's that seems like a lot. Yeah, it can be a lot. Yeah. It can be a lot. I think the most important thing is is the, the intimacy of the relationship, because we're referral only. Mm-hmm. We're built that way, A, because it weeds out so much, mm-hmm. right? Um, the you know, we always get emails, random emails or calls sometimes about, you know, wanting to meet Justin Bieber and all these kinds of things. And, you know, people don't know what these things can actually cost and yeah. what goes yeah. into it. Yeah. Um, so when we when we do the customization customization of it, we really try to focus on what that means and what that looks like for them particularly. Mm-hmm. I had a, and also to, to piggyback what what Mecca said. You know, when you're dealing with clients who have the means mm-hmm. um, and are used to getting what they want, um, how difficult is that Some at times is actually managing the people? I know you said it's referral-based, but telling people no sometimes when they're like, well, I have the money to pay for this experience, but how difficult is it to say no sometimes when certain some of those requests that you, you just mentioned can't be made possible? Yeah, well, it's funny when you have your own company, you never think you'll have to say no, but sometimes I say hell no. <laughs> I mean, it gets right. that easy because it can't, you can't have, you know, excuse my French, but a star fucker. Yeah. yeah. I can't be putting them backstage with somebody. Mm-hmm. So these are on point clientele. Yeah. These mm-hmm. are clients that are already spending hundreds and thousands up into millions with the brand. The mm. brand would be remiss to not have them at their fashion show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm putting on point clientele into your seats. Yes. So when talk about saying no, if I don't think that they're legitimate or there for the right reasons and going to experience the experience from the perspective of having the experience, <laughs> can yeah. I say it again? Right. <laughs> um, then it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then that's just too much liability. Yeah. And then you're known like, who did you like, 
bring to my show. You need security. I don't. Yeah, and that then, can affect your goes, brand, right? Then right. there goes my relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And that's it. And it, could, and it could evaporate just like that. Just like Let's that. Let's talk about the money for a second, too. So, like, for example, one of the things um, that you've done is a private Bon Jovi concert for our 40th birthday. So, the first question is how the hell did you pull that off, number one? And number two, what does the money look like? Like, what type of money are people spending? For these type of experiences, because you hear about them and you see the pictures and stuff, but like you you're saying, oftentimes that, you don't see the pictures of these. Yeah, events, that's true right? too. You don't. <laughs> yeah, that's right. true too. But you know, you know that they exist, but you don't really know what the business of it looks like. Right. Um. Well, for something like that, I mean, that's obviously pretty pretty intense in terms of what that looks like on a dollar amount. Mm-hmm. I think. One of the ways, and specifically for the for the Bon Jovi experience, which is was absolutely incredible, um, I was referred by Chad Kruger, his his team, who is the lead singer of Nickelback, mm. to John Bon Jovi's agent mm. at CAA, and you know, usually if you put per Chad Kruger an email subject like they're <laughs> right. getting back to you right right so you know that that helps to to kind of have a sure. legit referral mm-hmm. so they're picking up the phone and then it just becomes that's that's what the tone is set at yeah you know where now then it's just business then it's just then negotiating it's just business terms. exactly the right. filters the filters have been filtered right 100 yeah. it's already been filtered work you don't come to that level or to the table like that without a legitimate request right you're not like, okay, well, I have, you know, $3,000. Can you play in the backyard <laughs> right. for eight songs? Right. You, you're you, coming. You with, have the budget. Uh, you're coming <laughs> with a portfolio of dollars, right. you know? Right. So, so not, you don't have to tell us that one specifically because I don't want to, you know, I, you know, like you said, you're on the NDAs. But I do but think that. Give an idea of what, 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 what type of money are we talking, you know, six figure, seven figure, you know, eight figure experiences. I mean, what are, what are these type of things? What do they actually cost? Yeah, I mean, for something like that, we're we're into the seven figures. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know, I, and people wouldn't realize what all has to be covered for that. Yeah, their their band. I mean, their everything, putting them up, playing them in private, mm-hmm. all kinds of writers, and you know, even making it happen if security. they're on tour, security. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the then production of it. Right. Um, so it starts to get hefty yeah. outside of their fee alone. Outside of the fee, right? Because like you said, you're and everyone's flying private pretty much too everyone's flying private yeah so you're talking about chartering chartering yep. jets five-star hotels yep meals all that type of stuff yeah the the whole kit and caboodle mm-hmm. um, so you wouldn't even dare approach someone like that unless you knew you were able you were going to be able to take care of 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 at least a reasonable offer absolutely. to take care of a lot of that stuff yeah and you learn those numbers mm-hmm. because you sometimes and and different talents worth different numbers yeah but you just start to learn what makes sense yeah and what their worth is kind of to the market. When you're living in this world, one question I have is, do you ever feel like this is bullshit? Like this is all excess and nonsense. And, you know, there's all over the world are people starving or whatever. And, and, and here we are curating these million dollar events for people to shake hands with someone for 20 minutes. Do you ever feel like, what the fuck am I doing? Not you yeah. specifically. You understand what I'm saying? Like, what is this? Like, what world is this? Do you ever feel like that? And if it doesn't happen, my whole world's over. Right, right, right. Sometimes I feel like that. Yeah. Like, shit. Right. Um, I don't, and I'll tell you why. And I think it goes back to the consistency of the brand and what we deliver and who we're delivering to. Mm-hmm. Because if I have a client and knowing them so well and their personality and what makes them tick and what they get excited about, 
if they say, oh, I want to go, we'll use the Oscars, for example, want to go to the Oscars and there are people who want to be social and they like to drink and eat and whatever. I'm like, that's not going to be for you. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it might be X amount of dollars for the company. Right. But why do I want to put a client in in a situation where they spent a lot of money doing that if they're not going to enjoy it and it's just going to come back in a in a bad way? So a lot right. of it is about that intimate relationship and and honest, honesty and transparency. Right. So to your point, when we're putting them or when they're having those experiences, it goes back to to one of the things we talked about earlier you can't just say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I don't think it's gonna be a success and a personality fit and they're gonna enjoy themselves, right. I'm gonna say, no, I'm not going to curate that for you. Right. right. And they appreciate that. Yeah. Cause it, it you would too, yeah. you know, like, oh, oh the sure. shoes are actually kind of uncomfortable. Like they're really not that killer. And right. your feet, your, you know, your foot's going to fall off in six months and, right. <laughs> right. Right. and you I know, think, you're going to, you're going to be like, okay. And I think it circles back to what, what you said at the beginning about experiences, right? When you're not thinking necessarily about the money, but you're thinking about creating the experience, then especially with people with means, they're willing to, to do what it takes to have the experience, right? And they have the means to do that. And I think almost anyone who has the means wants to use that money to to build experiences that are meaningful to them, right? Absolutely. And, uh, and that's just what it is. And that's what I was touching on earlier behind the sexy is the actual essence of the experience. Because you have, you know, mothers and daughters, you have, you know, adult children now doing things for their parents that their parents could never afford or do. And they're giving that back to them as adult children because they're successful. And to see that or to see a husband and wife Mm -hmm. reconnect over the Grammys or something like that, it does sound, you know, when you say it, the sexy part of it, it does sound like so like, okay, we have real world problems. Mm -hmm. But when you're looking at it from that perspective of the individual person, the individual person in the relationship in the, we do the, everything is an experience in life. Some right. people do funerals. Yeah. yeah. We just do the fun experience. Well, it's interesting. Cause there's like, there's a lot of celebrity and athlete kind of shaming out here, especially particularly on social media people, you know, some of it roots from, I guess, real concern, but a lot of it roots from jealousy, right? Uh-huh. Even like the Kobe Bryant story, rest his soul uh, about how he would rent a helicopter so he could get, to and from his his children's, you know, to practice and then to his kids' games. Some people thought that was pretentious. But the reality is that he worked hard enough to put himself in that position. He actually had a legitimate reason for doing it, and it was within his budget. So it's like, who am I to be like, oh, no, Kobe, you can't do that because there's world hunger. That's not necessarily my my place, you know. So I, I just and you I, don't know what he is doing to address those problems as well. As well. He has a foundation. He has other things. Not that he has to have any of that, but... Um, but you know that's the other the other thing behind this. And one thing I wanted to ask too, um, slight transition, is kind of how your industry, how you're viewed, and how you're filtered, right? Because like for example, V and I were talking about this earlier, like the Fire Festival, for example, with Ja Rule and how that thing blew up. And now it's like, are is there are there questions on? people in your industry now that weren't necessarily there before about whether or not you can deliver or whether or not you're legitimate or whether or not, you know, you're scamming or anything like that. Do you deal with issues like that at all? And, and was, and particularly, did you see any repercussions essentially from the fire fest fallout? Well, the thing about the fire festival 
was I mean everyone in the in my industry which is pretty small we all work together and help each other out yeah even if you are a competitor it's better to work together you know there's more money made and better happiness in life in that yeah he's been a joke forever mm. um and no offense to him yeah um but I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole when it came across my desk. Nobody else I knew would. Um, And you can see the type of client that was buying these things, right? A lot of millennials, Mm -hmm. a lot of just, unfortunately, kids that were sold on this concept. And anyone who kind of has any sense at the end of the day, that just wasn't a viable thing to do. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't. Yeah. It, it really the problem was that they got so many celebrities involved people that these kids like you said the millennials are looking to and trusting when they're po- posting the orange blackout or whatever it is on their social they media commercials with, got, with Kendall it, Jenner it's hard to filter it, yeah. out that type of stuff again I mean if you're not experienced like for you you're an experienced person so you probably know what to look for but for yeah, them yeah that's true and you can first of all I always tell people you should never ever ever buy anything like that online mm. Unless it's coming from a true trusted source. Mm. So when you see things on, you know, we can, your VIP.com right. or whatever, <laughs> right, like, right. you know, $25,000 to, you know, Vanity Fair. It's like, that is not legit. Mm. You should never spend your money doing that mm. ever. And you, everyone should know that right. because where it does come back to us is things like Craigslist and people who are faking to sell the, that access yeah. when we're actually working directly with the brand right. to do that yeah. um, and to, to curate those experiences. So we get some questions and things um, just about how the process works more. So right. we work directly with, with each brand or talent directly. Yeah. We don't use a third party or pay off anyone. You know, we don't pay off the bouncer at the back door hoping to slip somebody in. <laughs> right, right. Because I can't take that chance. No, you can't. It's too risky. It's too risky. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we like to take a, a, a philanthropy aspect. Yeah. If we can incorporate a charity of some kind, whether it's with the talent or with the client or something like that or towards uh, an event, we always like to go that aspect as well. So we're actually, we're, we're always contributing. It's, it's a mutual relationship. Right. How, right. how long did it take you to build this type of trust, the type of trust you're talking about on both sides with the clients and the celebrities? Because at a certain point, you started this business, right? And you didn't have a reputation or a history to lean on. What steps would you tell people who want to get into a business like this to take, to build that trust and be trustworthy on both sides of the fence. Right. Yeah. That's a good question. I think being authentic and fully transparent at all times and really just being who you are and what you want your brand to be Mm. and in living that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you guys can attest to that for your own brand. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, be so who you say you are and what you believe in and something that you've built that you're proud of. Right. And 
be there to answer the questions and things like that. Don't try to, if you can't do something, it's okay to say, I can't do that. Yes. Or let me get back to you. Mm. You know what? I don't know people, the answer to that right now. People actually respect that a lot, that answer a lot. hundred percent. You can, you know what? I don't actually know the answer to that right now, but let me do some due diligence mm. and, and poke around and I'll circle back because I want to make sure I deliver proper information. Sure. Um, which wouldn't you rather have that than somebody 100%, just, yeah. and sometimes you got, you know, just for conversation's sake, you maybe, you know, keep a little, keep certain things closer to the vest. But right. at the end of the day, I think it's just about being confident in what you're building. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And, and keeping it, tr- keeping true to yourself and not getting away from that. Mm-hmm. Even big brands, when you think about Starbucks, you know, having to close down stores after they got too big, you can, a company can grow too fast also. Yeah. It's not always a great thing to expand at certain levels. And problems come up, right? There's no business that doesn't have problems. Everything doesn't go smoothly ever. 100%. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of people who, you know, kind of become successful, they all started off some some way, shape, or form as like an assistant, you know, or an intern <laughs> right? or something, which it seems like is that seems like a very necessary step. Not because it's like, obviously you got to start somewhere and that's the easiest way to enter, but it's also, it seems like it's probably the best way to start learning about the business as well. Because I think a lot of people, that's the thing that people don't realize about successful people is that they all know their business, right? It's not just like, oh, they like it and enjoy it. They actually studied it and learned the business, learned where the money is, and learned where are the opportunities to create my unique brand or my unique niche. In every facet of life, yeah. no matter what your job is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as my parents always told me, I don't care what you do in life, but be the best at it. Right. Be the best garbage woman. Be the be the best vet- veterinarian. Yeah. You know, Just do your best and be your best and do it the way that you're supposed to do it your your way. Mm-hmm. Rachelize it. Yeah. You know, like- right. Don't try to be anybody else. Don't steal anything from anybody else. Of course, we're inspired and we get ideas sure. and we have sounding boards and whatnot to help us out through the way and advice. But right. at the end of the day, if you, if you just stay true to what you believe in, I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah. And we're so we're going to ask you two questions before we get you out of here. Two questions that I think are just more fun, a little bit more lighthearted. Um, the first question we have for you is your top five celebrities that you've interacted with. So that could just be literally, as you just said, hi to someone, or it could be people that, that you've, you know, have made an impact, have on, made you. An impact on you. Yeah. So I had to kind of think about this yeah. because twofold, right? There's just cool people you meet. You're like, wow, that's just a really cool person. Yeah. And then there is, there's people who have an impact on you and, and you'll maybe never see them again. Yeah. Or they might not even remember you, but but you had that experience and that, you know, it's your story to tell. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of have a little bit of a, when I, when I had to hone in and really kind of think about this, I have some fun ones. Um, So I was, I was lucky enough to have, to have drinks and appetizers with Mae Musk. Are you guys familiar with Mae Musk? I'm not. So she's the mother of Elon. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And she, I knew that last name sounded familiar. Right? You're like, Tesla, what? She is an extraordinary woman on her own. Mm. Not only are her kids genius and extraordinarily successful, but she is, has now had her third career in modeling. Oh, wow. And you've probably seen her on TV recently. She has all white hair. She's doing the CoverGirl commercials. I think so, yeah. Wow. That's her? Yeah, that's her. Wow. And she's, she's beautiful. Yeah. 
and she's so classy and so well spoken and, and just she was such a a breath of fresh air the way that she interacted and um was so proud of her kids but not any way bragging i'm like mm-hmm. a tr- just like a mother right yeah. like a true mother um so that was a really really cool one mm-hmm. a cool one for me and more of like from a business perspective yeah. because she wasn't so celebrity right um the other one um Larry David. Okay. Of course. Yes. Okay. Yes. Enough said, I can't, right? I can't, I can't. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> right. He is no room just, for sensitivity there, right? Right. <laughs> and, and I think what made it like relatable is he is somehow a my father is Larry David. Mm. So I mean literally. So I grew up with him essentially, <laughs> right. that same mentality. Right. And then, you know, and and I mean just gosh, he's incredible you know creator of Seinfeld and Curb and other amazing things that he's done to this day right um so that that was a really a really good one um John Bon Jovi Mm -hmm. um which was interesting because when you kind of meet these people and see them in their element seems like he's a really genuine guy right he's so so nice and cool but the best thing was like after this this concert that we did this private show and i've been to many shows since i'm like you're like just really damn good at your job Mm -hmm. like you get it right you get why he's a heartthrob you get why excuse me why women and even men are you know lusting for him it's not just about the music it's also about the experience and that's the thing that a lot of the top artists understand they're creating an experience for someone absolutely and at that point you're just like you're it's just like an actor you're just so good at your job 100 percent, yes and then can step off stage and like just be be cordial and be genuine right right? and talk about you know like what's on the food food services or something right right um so that was that was a really that's kind of how we view at ohio state how we view archie griffin right yeah exactly Mm -hmm. that's a good one um were you guys hoping I was going to say someone particular? No, no, no. Larry David was a great one for me. And then I'm still in awe of him. And this is crazy because this came full circle, which was like one of those moments that you have um, in life that you don't know it, know until it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Grohl. Mm. Dave Grohl, um, lead singer of Foo Fighters, mm-hmm. is just, to me, next level genius. So full circle, it was... I, I, 16 years old, I begged my parents to let me go down to Cincinnati at this bar called The Basement to go see this band called Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. And beg, beg, beg. They let me go. It was like F- Flea was playing with him. You remember, oh, wow. you know, Flea yeah. um, at the time. And we went. And it was the best experience of my life. Six, wow. 16 years old. It was six. me and six friends and we went, we were like in a sweaty mob pit and yeah. everything. And then fast forward, you know, I'm standing side stage with clients mm, mm, watching mm. Dave Grohl play and doing meet and greets. And it was just like, wow. Yeah. 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 That had to have been like full circle. Moment. Yeah. Right. And out of anyone in the world, like what are the chances that it just happens to be him? Right. So. Right. Those they're all meaningful to me in different ways. Yeah. 
Um, and of course, there, we I work with and have met so many along the way. Um, but for me, I, I really geek out about like the behind the scenes people. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. t- yeah, right. They're me the ones too. that like actually make stuff happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of into to all of that. You yeah. Have CEOs and and those types of types of people more so than. Said said celebrities, of course, they're right. always wonderful, but right. usually it's just to get them from point A to B or whatever it is. Right. Um, and I won't work with you if you're not a nice person. Yep. Yeah. One so, last question. Shoot. Top, top five athletes. Top five athletes. This is so hard. Yeah. Do you guys have yours? You know, it's funny. I actually haven't thought about it yet. I would probably be able to. I know some that are definitely in there. I know Muhammad Ali's in there. I know Michael Jordan's in there. I know LeBron and Serena are in there, probably. And I'm not sure who my fifth would be. Probably Barry Sanders. I was a huge Barry Sanders fan. Oh, wow. But that's just off top. I, I, I haven't thought about it yet, but th- that would just be off My top, top five consists of Ali, 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 <laughs> Ali and Ali. Right. But there are others. Right. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So Ali is on my list. Okay. Muhammad Ali is on my list. Love and the, the way that I thought about this wasn't just from a, a stats perspective no. or anything. This is how it's how I feel like they've impacted myself yes. or the world. That's what we want. Or, okay. Yeah. So Muhammad Ali is definitely on my list okay. for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, need I say more about that? Serena Williams mm-hmm. is on my list. Oh, that's two. Two I, for two. I think, you know, not definitely from a woman's perspective, mm-hmm. um, she's changed the game, no pun, in so many different ways. Yeah. But regardless, it's she's just unparalleled yeah. to anybody. Her right. her commitment and her drive and all the things that she had to overcome yep. with her her race being a woman mm-hmm. you know compared to her sister mm-hmm. being compared to a to to a man yeah. because of her she's her constantly being talked about constantly mm-hmm. and now to see publicly you know flourish into a mother and a wife mm-hmm. you know her documentary i thought was like just so awesome and then yeah. giving back of course that comes full circle right um I don't know why I'm nervous to say this next one. No, oh, say it. Tom Brady. No, don't be don't nervous. Be so that's greatness right I've, there. I've, I mean, I've learned to respect yeah, him. Yeah, that's greatness. Thank you. And I actually, I actually like the fact that he's authentic to who he is. Yeah. So I wasn't a TV fan all the time because of all the hype and whatnot. Yeah. But once I actually started to study him, and again, the behind the scenes work mm-hmm. and dedication that he gives to the game and his team and to himself. Yeah is you have to respect it it's ridiculous the yeah. facebook documentary took, oh my gosh took, took my my respect for him to the next level yeah. me too that's what sealed it for me mm-hmm. i'm like he's watching the plays and over a nauseum just i mean it's just incredible his commitment to to the game and that's quite frankly why he is considered the goat yeah. when it comes to football mm-hmm. and even athletes across the board mm-hmm so he's a good one, and he's easy on the eyes. <laughs> Tiger Woods. Okay. Respect. Um, and I think I mostly, I love his story. I think he's, he's obviously comes from a lot of pain. Mm. Um, but that commitment 
and could be borderline child abuse. Mm. I think, yeah, right. at a certain, at, to a certain extent. A lot yeah. of heli- he's he's the model for helicopter parenting gone wrong, right? From a personal standpoint, right. But anytime someone has an amazing comeback, mm-hmm. and not just from from a press perspective of you know all the things that he did between the sheets, but also his surgeries and his injuries mm-hmm. and and addiction mm-hmm. and all of those things, right? You can't. He's a redemption story. You can't not be happy for the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And regardless, he's a killer golfer. Right. Right. You know, he created a lot of different moments and just unbelievable experiences for people who weren't even necessarily golf fans. And he drew a lot of people into golf. I mean, he's, you know, you could talk about whatever you want to talk about in his personal life, but from, like you said, from a redemption story, from overcoming a lot of different obstacles and actually providing that many amount of experiences for us. I mean, he's going to be in a lot of people's top five. So yeah, yeah. he's definitely. All right. Give us five. Okay. Wayne Gretzky. Okay. Yeah. Three for a loop, huh? Yeah. King, um, King Wayne. I used to play King with him with Blades of Steel, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad grew up playing hockey. So we were kind of grew up watching hockey and going, of course, to the Blue Jackets games. And since, since game one, um, since its inception here in Columbus. So Wayne Gretzky, I don't, he will never, ever. And we were just having a family conversation about this a few weeks ago, actually. Um, He'll, I don't think his his stats or record will ever be met in the history of any hockey player ever because the top person today is so far behind. Yeah. In terms of goals and, yeah. and assists and all of that, that he's like the Michael Jordan of ice yeah, hockey. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. And and yeah. The, th- the thing about Wayne Gretzky that's that's interesting is like you said is hockey isn't the most popular sport in America, but I've gotten to go and I'm not the biggest hockey fan. I mm-hmm. pay attention at the fringes, but I got the opportunity to go to a couple hockey games and when you realize how good of an athlete you have to be to be a hockey player and the fact that he was better than all the other hockey players right. is pretty amazing. Last last thing we're going to ask you and we'll let you out of here on this. Um let us know what's what is in store. Black Door Experiences, the name of your company, right? It's bigger than yeah. just a company, it's a brand. What what will we be looking forward to you know what are you looking forward to and let's just say the next i don't know five years or so that's such a good question and i think about that every day yeah what's next do you but, do you do you i guess i'll ask you this way too maybe this will be a little clearer like do you do you plan that far in advance or do you just kind of just move with the tide like you know try to stay ahead of it a little bit but do you kind of just move that way or do you have like goals set goals like okay by 2025 i want to be i want this to happen and by 2030 i want this to happen or how do you kind of how do you move yeah you definitely have business goals in your business plan mm. and and you know certain things to meet from a, a paper standpoint yeah um and by paper i don't mean money right. i'm just saying like certain goals that you have in terms of company growth or maybe it's revenue maybe it's employees maybe right. it's experiences um but really staying ahead of the game and keeping your ear to the ground of what's what's hot Mm -hmm. you know and that's hard because we cover so many areas yeah so i have to know what's what's hot in hip-hop and what's hot in country and all of those those types of things and what's up and coming and what they're going to try to do next Mm -hmm. as far as festivals and all of things but right now my hot spot is is 
is country music. Wow. Is the country space. And you moved to Nashville, right? I did. I yeah. moved to Nashville about a year and a half ago um, to put my stamp down there. And I tell you what, it's I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Yeah. And the people that the fanaticism and the loyalty that they have to these artists. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. And they plan, talk about a five-year plan. They're like, we'll be seeing Kenny Chesney in 2025 (laughs) in Alaska, you know, saving money. And like they are, and they're, and they're, and they show up. Yeah. And it's a different vibe. And if I don't like country music personally, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't have anything to do with (laughs) with the the business business space. Yeah. Um, it's a really interesting vibe to see if you go to a country yeah. concert yeah. because you feel as you feel all one and it's just it's really interesting. So yeah. I kind of have my my pulse, my finger on the pulse in that space, right. especially because in the past four years and really I think Taylor Swift kind of put this on the map. Or I guess Nelly did even if even when he did that um, that single with Tim McGraw. Do you guys yeah. remember that one? Yeah, I do. Yeah, of really countries become more pop and mainstream. Mm-hmm. Lil Nas X, that's a, that's a country vibe right. right there. Right? Right. He hit the, he hit the nail on the head with that yeah, one. So that's what I'm envisioning, but always looking, always looking to grow and to, to give back Yeah. and continue to, you know, build certain relationships and, and help the next generation see opportunity for themselves Yeah. in whatever it is. And whoever they are, right? Um, that's great. That's a long-winded. No, answer. no, that's great, Rachel. This was this was fascinating. First of all, like I said, when I first met you, it was random. You know, to 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 know now all these things that you've been involved in. Should we say where we actually met? No, let's let people ask us some other time. Okay, we won't tell them that. We won't give it all away. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can't give it all away. But no, but honestly, this is this is a great interview. Seriously, thank you for joining us on the show. This thank is you for this, having me. No, this is wonderful, wonderful insight. We like to obviously um, spotlight entrepreneurs such as yourself, but also people who have great stories and people who can give insight to what the next generation uh, is and, and can be uh, can be. So, thank you so much for joining us on the Pilot Boys My podcast. My pleasure. We will talk to you soon. All right. All right thank have a you. good one. Love the Pilot Boys podcast. Support us on Patreon. Supporters can pledge as little as $1. We have some cool perks on there. Check out www.patreon.com forward slash Pilot Boys Podcast. Show us some love today. You're listening to the Pilot Boys Podcast. We are here with news and notes. There's a lot of stuff going on across the country V, sports, music, and pop culture. Uh, first one we'll start with, I guess, is the Michigan State Mark D'Antonio situation. Um, now they've finally hired Mel Tucker. Uh, Luke Fickle was offered the job. He was wooed. He didn't take it. Um, there are all kinds of reports coming out that D'Antonio was upset about that, that he wanted Fickle to take it. The reports coming out that D'Antonio was, wasn't was going to retire till next year, but then he found out that Michigan State hired a search firm behind his back, and so then he got upset and abruptly retired. There's all kinds of stuff going on. What's your take on the Michigan State situation? I mean, this, this situation, ex- again, exposes the dark underbelly of college athletics Mm -hmm. and where these guys loyalty lies Mm -hmm. Um, from Mark D'Antonio to Luke Fickle, who actually showed loyalty took state at Cincinnati, despite being offered more money. Shout out to our Ohio state guy. Yeah. But then, you know, now Mel Tucker, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, He actually put out a tweet 
saying that he was loyal to Colorado. Mm. He was going to stay to Colorado. Then Michigan State doubled his offer. And he's like, all right, kids, I'll see you later because this is what's best for me. Mm -hmm. It's just difficult to to evaluate these situations because the responsibility specifically of a coach or a a college coach specifically is to be responsible for these hundreds of kids that are coming in under your care for four years. And it doesn't seem like – anybody cares anymore yeah and uh, and then also you know this is at after signing day this is after you already recruited a class that that was committed to what you were telling them and believed that you were going to stay there and then now you're leaving and then like we always talk about too money talks in this industry people want to sit here and act like you know this is collegiate athletics and it's all you know scholar amateur but no there's millions of dollars being tossed around it's big because it's billions right? right it's billions exactly so you know it is what it is. I mean, that's that's part of the game that we we watch and love, and you know, hopefully, we'll see it change someday. But as of now, it's going to be the same. Yep. Uh, let's get to the XFL. Um, the XFL had their debut this past weekend. Very very exciting. Uh, I think th- over three million viewers, which is down from what it was many years ago, but still very highly watched. A um, lot of new rules and excitement. What did you think about it? Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um. I cannot believe how good of a product it is. Yeah. You know, I wasn't expecting that. Um, And it was also well thought out, you know. Um, The rules are interesting, and I think some of those rules may be adopted by the NFL as well. Especially that kickoff rule, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And most importantly, I think this is great to extend opportunities to guys um, who didn't make it in the NFL mm-hmm. to have a real experience and a real competitive experience. Um, yeah, like Cardell Jones, for example. If you watch him play, you think this guy should be in the NFL. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. And there are a lot of guys on these rosters that you feel like could be at the end of a 53-man roster or contribute to an NFL team. I think that's obviously essential to a product like this. Um, but again, you know, the last time the XFL came out, I think the first week there was – millions and 14 million viewers and tons of excitement and then five six weeks later there wasn't nearly as much as incitement and stadiums were empty so we'll see if it carries on but it seems like they have a good formula and again um like even with the cameras talking to people on the sideline in the middle of the play i don't know how i don't know how coaches it's gotta be so easy to game plan they now, must right? their, all their, you gotta do is watch the video week. from the week before and right. say what plays did they call right 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 couple uh yeah and then and then also you know it's it's football, you know. America loves football. It's the off season. We're dying for football, so we'll see how that plays out. But it was definitely a good start. A um, qu- couple quick shout outs of things that happened. A shout out to Chimdi Chekwa, our boy who was on our podcast before, former Ohio State player, former Miami Dolphin Raider, NFL guy. Opened another location of his pit barbecue um, in Columbus, Ohio, on Parsons. If you are in Columbus, definitely check that out. Um, another quick shout out. OSU got a shout out at the Oscars, Ohio State. That was pretty cool. Um, I also want to talk about Philip Rivers and Tom Brady. You know, Philip Rivers basically, essentially, and the the Chargers are parting ways, which seems like the end of the longest <laughs> relationship that we've probably seen in sports in a long time. Outside of Tom Brady, yeah, it's and long. Eli Manning, you've got Philip Rivers. Yeah, Philip right. Rivers. So, where do you think he ends up? You know. Again, this this is a reminder that that loyalty only lasts as long as you're getting the job done in the mm. NFL. Mm. Um, I think it's great for him to get an opportunity. The Chargers organization is one of the worst in the NFL. Has mm. been shown over the years. Hopefully, he gets an opportunity. I hope he goes to Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians because 
they kind of have the same mindset, which right. is just throw the ball as far as you can and hope they catch it. <laughs> right, right. Um, but there are many other so places. So if he goes to Tampa Bay, then Jameis, Jameis is, is set to be a free agent this March, right? Based on the commentary that Bruce Arians gave at, mm-hmm. the, at the end of last season, it was basically like you can't turn the ball over this much. Jameis has so many great characteristics. Right. But the number of interceptions. Rivers will turn it over too, though. Rivers does too. <laughs> yeah. Rivers does too, but. But not like James. Not like James. <laughs> right. And Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the Patriots are essentially letting him, I guess, test the market. And, you know, I don't know if this is a ploy by the Patriots or if it's a ploy by Brady or if this is just the reality of how a lot of these top quarterback situations end. Brett Favre, you know, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, they all ended up playing for different teams. So this might be the end of the Tom Brady era in New England. Well, it seems like we've heard rumblings of some discontent on on sides. When you're in a relationship, they say this with marriages and everything, when you're in a relationship this long, sometimes, you you know, things change and you want to see something different. I've talked to a lot of athletes and they've said that experience of being a free agent. Yeah, being courted again. Being kinda. courted yeah. is something that's special. I still think he ends up back in New England. Just yeah. Um, or he'll end up in Chicago. Chicago is probably the best option for him if he wants to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I just I don't know if the money is going to work. I know he he would be due thirty something million. I don't know if he's willing to take a pay cut at this time. And maybe he is at a point where he says, you know what, I want to prove to the world that I can win without Bill Belichick. And maybe Belichick is also thinking, man, l- yeah, let me. You know, that's why he was so salty about the Garoppolo situation. One he, of the crazier stories that's been put out is that the 49ers are going to cut Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> And Tom Brady is going to go back, finish out his career for his hometown team, the team that he grew up rooting for. And Garoppolo is going to end up back in Belichick, and they have this whole thing planned. It's funny. I actually hope that that happens just because I like I like the drama of it. That's hilarious. <laughs> Another quick thing in football, Miles Garrett reinstated. Good to see that. That's not necessarily a surprise, but it's, it's, it's good to see that. I'm still waiting for the Mason Rudolph suspension, though. I know, right? Um, well, let's talk some music thing. A couple quick things in music. Run the Jewels and Rage Against the Machine have a tour that's coming out in 2020. It seems like a lot of people are excited about it um, on social media. Um, two different types of genres of music, but you know you're seeing a lot of that kind of that kind of merger a lot. Kind of different, often. right? Yeah. Because Rage raps in their music a, a lot, yeah. and um, Run the Jewels isn't your necessarily fully traditional hip hop. Right. And they're definitely um, not like today's hip hop. But I'm excited for it. I was a Rage Against the Machine fan. I'm yeah. a, I'm I'm definitely a fan of Killer Mike and what he does. Right. Um and so we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see. And then Janet Jackson, she has a new album and tour. New album is called Black Diamond. That's gonna be out this this year. It seems like a lot of people are excited about that too. I mean I think I'm I'm excited for millennials to experience any of these artists that were huge um in our era just to, to witness how great of artists they are. And anytime somebody like Janet Jackson tours and creates new music, we should pay attention. Right. Um, let's talk about some Oscar stuff. Parasite, first foreign language film to win the best picture. Um, there's obviously a ton of chatter about that. You know, Oscar ratings have been down. You know, what, what were your thoughts on just kind of the, the whole Oscars and the Parasite thing? The Parasite thing was interesting. You know, I do personally like the fact that a foreign film can be recognized mm-hmm. but there is a foreign film category mm-hmm. as well so it's interesting to see what happens with that right are they saying none of the, the movies that were made in hollywood were good enough right. this year right or, you know it's, it's there's a lot of policy like there's a lot of politics that like 
you know, there's politics and business everywhere, but with these award shows, it seems like there's a lot of politics in terms of when they decide who they're going to recognize, right? Because there've always been probably foreign films that have been exceptional that just never got the look. And sometimes if it seems like they just decide, all right, this year we're going to make the the political statement or whatever. It seems like that that's true in Hollywood. And and, and I think you said earlier in our conversation, um, you mentioned talking about the disdain that people have for celebrity. That's probably the ratings thing right there yeah. is why the ratings are down. Yeah. It's, people are sick of them. People yeah. are sick of them. Uh, speaking of politics, Andrew Yang dropped out of the race. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, this isn't a political show, but it is significant because it's pop culture. He did have the minds of a lot of people and he had an idea that a lot of people thought was interesting, whether it would have worked or not, who knows, but he is now officially out of the race. And it seems like he never really got a fair shake you know, even with in coverage and stuff like that in in that democratic party. He had so many things working against him. It is politics. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think that sometimes it's not just about winning the race, but opening people's minds to new ideas. And he definitely did that. And for that, we'll applaud. And I think he's going to run again in 2024. Right. Okay. So let's talk some NBA stuff. So (laughs) NBA all-star weekend is coming up. You got LeBron's team versus Giannis's team, and it just—if you look at the both teams, you'll think it's a joke. Like, how how did this possibly happen? I, I think it, it, Giannis doesn't come. Giannis doesn't come across the most narcissistic guy, but by, based on the team he picks, he must really, really think highly of his own game, <laughs> yeah. and that he can literally beat an entire team of the best players in the NBA by himself. And it's okay. So they changed the rules basically on how these teams would get picked, right? Before basically they two captains, and now each. They like go back and forth and picking, right? Yeah. And part of the reason why they did that, I think, was to try to even out the talent on the teams and yeah. make sure no and team was was more dominant than the other. But you look at it, it's like look at LeBron's team is it's, insane. It's two years in a row. Giannis cannot be the captain next year. They need to have somebody else yeah. be the captain because this this is not fair. Right. And speaking of NBA, uh, thoughts on the D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins trade? I like both players. Um, I, I don't understand. I feel like media decides to criticize certain people. Um, and, and a lot of times they haven't played the game. Right. Andrew Wiggins averages 22 points a game. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to mainstream media talk about him, it's like he's the worst player that's ever played in the NBA and he doesn't, he doesn't move the needle. Yeah, he hasn't reached his full potential, but sometimes I feel like media is, picks these sides and, and tries to move the needle by, by being just, mean for no reason right right exactly um one thing i wanted to switch to a little bit was the michael vick documentary you know there there, there's not much new that i think we learned from the documentary um but it did kind of bring these issues back up and there are so many layers to it right so there's probably this is probably do a much larger conversation than we're going to give it now but you know there's it just reminded you of kind of how people view things differently in society. You know, there's some people who still to this day believe he should be hung and, you know, killed and executed for what he did. There's some other people that think that he served the sentence that was way too long for what he did. Um, but it did show some light, it shed some light on kind of his story, his redemption story and his commitment to kind of trying to uh, overcome that thing. And one of the things I'll say that I think is impressive about Mike Vick now regardless of what you think about what he did, is that he's not just giving lip service. A lot of times when people make these quote-unquote mistakes, they come out, they say a few things, the next couple of weeks they're kind of on something and then they disappear and go back to doing what they're doing. But it seems like he's had a continued amount over de- a decade now of kind of trying to you know reshape 
his image and fight for some of these issues. Yeah, America is a very, very polarizing place, and I don't think a lot of times people take the time to give perspective. Mm-hmm. How how dog fighting is viewed in 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 different parts of the world or animal fighting. You know, we fight humans. Right. Like UFC is humans fighting each mm-hmm. other, mm-hmm. and it's legalized. Right. Right. Um, I understand. Yes, they're humans. They they can make the decision the, the to fight. Decision, blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But what Mike Vick shows is that. He had he came from a certain environment, mm-hmm. um, and he figured out and had to learn the hard way that some of the decisions that he made were not the best decisions for him or his career, and he paid a price. He lost all his money. Mm-hmm. People were talking about him. There are people who still want to kill him. Right. Um, but despite that, he served his time, and he's trying. Yeah. And I think we all have to embrace people who are trying to be better people versus just continuing to harp on what they did in the past. Yeah. So, I mean, his story is still being written. I think, like I said, he, he's not a guy that just apologized at his time and kind of, you know, did a, a, a few fake things in public and then disappeared. He's, you know, he's active with the humane society still to this day. He's still trying to fight for, for his redemption. So, you know, it was, it was definitely an interesting documentary. Um, and like I said, it's, it's that story can be talked about much more than we can probably do right now. But speaking of documentaries, Ava DuVernay, she actually just got the uh, the rights to the Nipsey Hustle documentary, and Netflix actually won that bid over other networks that were fighting for it. I think that's going to be huge. Yeah, it seems like Ava DuVernay is like going to going to uh, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. these days yeah. for when it comes to documentaries, right? Yeah. Um, so she does a great job. She does a great job, and I think you know the only hope that I think there is here is that Nipsey's story is told um, in the right way. I think a lot of people are still learning his story because he wasn't necessarily Michael Jackson level or Kobe Bryant right. level or, right. but his story is a powerful one and, and one that needs to be seen by the masses. Yeah, for sure. And uh, last thing on news and notes, um, Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant were laid privately to rest. According to E news, um, the official, Public uh, funeral will be February 24th, obviously the 24th, signaling the 24th. Um, so just wanted to, you know, I guess one more time, probably say rest in peace. That situation still still really bothers me. Yeah, it's great that people are going to get an opportunity to um, to kind of shed light on the power of, of who he was through a public memorial. Absolutely. That's going to be a big one. I think there are going to be a lot of people there. Anyway, that's all we have for news and notes. Thank you. You're listening to the Pilot Boys podcast. Love the Pilot Boys podcast? Support us on Patreon. Supporters can pledge as little as $1. We have some cool perks on there. Check out www.patreon.com forward slash Pilot Boys podcast. Show us some love today. That's all we have for today's show. Big thanks to our guest, Rachel McIntyre. Thanks to everybody for listening. Don't forget, sharing is caring. Subscribe to the Pilot Boys podcast on Apple, Spotify, Patreon, and YouTube. And please follow us on social media at Pilot Boys Pod on Twitter and at Pilot Boys Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And follow the hosts on Twitter. I am at Mechadon Music and V is at Viswan. And always remember, be you, you is fly. Pilot Boys out! Pilot Boys, we get on up. We the fly boys, we get up. So
You're listening to the pilot.